0: Hi, I'm Howard Tierski. Welcome to the Winning Digital Customers Podcast, where we focus on the stories of large scale digital transformations told by the people who lead them. Hey, everyone, this is Howard Tierski. Welcome again. Today, we're going to look at a question What is it that you aren't seeing? And why is it that the things you're not seeing may be making an enormous difference in terms of your ability? To succeed in today's digital world, what do I mean by that? Well, all the things that we see and hear in a given day are filtered by our brains. We don't necessarily perceive everything that we see or hear. And we don't necessarily think about or contemplate the full meaning of the things that we experience in our lives. Let me give you an example so that doesn't sound too abstract. When I use the term Amazon, I'm guessing you think of Amazon.com, where we're all doing most of our Christmas shopping. And probably not the Amazon River, even though had I mentioned that term to you 25 years ago, no doubt that would have been the thing that you would have thought about. Our thinking about what Amazon means has become limited by the things that we're accustomed to because typically in a given day when we talk about Amazon, we're not talking about the river. We're talking about the website. We're talking about the e-commerce property or we're talking about some other aspect of Amazon's business like AWS or Kindle or what, what have you. And so we become habituated to the idea that the meaning of Amazon is the website. And we don't think about the full meaning or meanings that the word Amazon might have. Let me give you a different kind of example. I wonder if you're like me, do you have things like this around your house, piles of books or old magazines or stuff on different services, cords coiled on the floor, and they just stay that way for weeks or months. And then all of a sudden, I don't know if this is how it is for you, but for me, all of a sudden, companies coming over. And then all of a sudden, I look around my house with fresh eyes and I realize, oh my God, this place is a disaster. We have to clean up all this stuff. Well, why wasn't it bothering me all the days and weeks and months that we didn't have company over? This has particularly been an issue during COVID, right? Where we didn't have much company over because we just get used to it. When things become familiar to us, we often stop seeing that. Our brain is, is sort of um, programmed to focus on it and notice what is different. We don't see the things that we're used to as being there anymore. We stop thinking about them, and we often confuse the way things have to be with just what we're used to. And on some level, that might be a good thing. I mean, if you've ever spent time with a kid between the ages of maybe three and six who's constantly asking why about everything, why is it this way? Why is it this way? Why is in New Jersey we have to fill up our gas with a full serve, but in New York we can do it self-serve? Why does this work this way? Why does that work that way? I mean, it could drive you crazy. In fact, I remember one time when my kids were younger. Most of are they're all past that age now, thankfully. I remember one time my my daughter Rachel, when she was probably was about four years old, she said to me, "Daddy, why is it that there are beagles, you know, like the dog, and seagulls, you know, like the bird, seagulls and eagles, but there are no deagles?" That was her question. (laughs) a question I had never thought of. So the point is kids who haven't yet become accustomed to so much of the world will often ask questions that are good questions. Maybe that one wasn't such a good question, but they'll ask good questions that we just aren't asking anymore because our brains are protecting us. If we asked all of these questions of ourselves every day, why does my business work this way? Why do we are doing our accounting this way? Why do we do our marketing this way? Why do these laws exist? Do they really prohibit us from doing things in a different way? If we asked ourselves these questions all day, every single day, our heads might explode. We couldn't focus on doing what we need to do to do our jobs every single day. And this is, of course, why our brains have evolved to function this way. If, if the caveman hunters are out hunting in the woods, but they're constantly noticing everything about every tree and every leaf and the sky and the clouds, they're not going to be paying attention to looking for the animal that they need to track and kill, right? So you need to be able to filter out a lot of the world so you can focus on the thing at hand. But there's a risk of that, and I'm going to give you some more examples of this, that really could be harming your business if you don't find ways to sometimes shut that off and look at things in a different way. But let's just look at a few more examples of the things that we start to take for granted. With, when you look at it, you realize don't make a heck of a lot of sense. For example, why do we always say we have to hang up the phone, right? You're talking to someone and someone says, you know, I'm on my iPhone talking to someone, my wife says, we have to leave for the... You know, the play, you have to hang up. Hang up? What is it that I'm hanging? Where am I hanging it? Well, of course, the answer is the term hang up a phone comes from the original phones, which you may know look, you know, various different ways. But generally speaking, they had some kind of handset and you hung it on some kind of a hook. And that is how you disconnected the phone. And years later, when I was a kid, we had phones that looked more like this on the wall, right? Rotary phones. But you still have this idea that you had a handset, you held it in your hand, talked to somebody when you were done. You hung it up on some kind of a hook. You were hanging up the phone. But I don't know the last time I saw a phone that looked like that. Most likely, when you want to hang up the phone, you push a button that looks like the one on the right here, right? You push some sort of red button. You're not hanging anything up at all. You're just pushing a button. But yet we still say we're going to hang up the phone. This is just another example of something that we're just so used to. It's not only that we haven't changed the term, but... We don't even notice that there's this illogic in the term. And I'm going to give you some more examples of this, but it's for a very specific reason to make you aware of how many things in your brain are like this, because you're probably doing this in your business as well. But let's just have fun for a minute and look at a few more examples. So by the way, we're still making phones with icons that look like handsets looked 50 years ago that the vast majority of the people using the product have probably never experienced. What the heck is that symbol? on these buttons.
1: Can't get enough of winning digital customers? You can find even more content and video versions of the podcast episodes on our YouTube channel. Visit wdc.ht/youtube to subscribe.
0: If I ask my kids what that's a picture of, I don't even know if they know. They just say, "Oh, that's the make a call button." Well, why does it have that barbell looking shape? Well, of course the answer is because it looks kind of like the way handsets looked, I don't know, 50 years ago. Similar example. This icon. Actually, I had my kids ask me one day, they said, You know this icon? I said, Yeah. They said, That's the save icon in Microsoft Word. And I said, Right. they like, but, but what is that? What is that? There's a box and then there's these lines and then there's another box and a box. It's just to them, they just see it as a bunch of nested boxes. They have no idea what this is a picture of. I had to explain to them that this was a floppy disk. And there was a time when, when you wanted to save something, you needed to insert one of these. In a computer, and it would save it onto that. And that's what it looked like. Of course, they're just looking at me like, boy, you're really old, dad. But the point is, many applications still use this icon, despite the fact that many users don't know what it is. And let's talk about copy paste. Why do we refer to taking something that we've copied and inserting it as pasting it? Well, because decades ago, and people used typewriters and you wanted to change something, you took out, you never really even used paste, right? You probably used tape, but you cut stuff apart and you taped it back together. Yet ironically, even though we call it paste, we represent it by a picture of a clipboard. What does that have to do with paste? These are things that we just stop seeing after a while, just like the curled up cords in the floor of my office that I should probably make organized and neat. It'd probably be good for my karma walking in and seeing a nice neat office, but I just stopped seeing them after a while. If someone asks you to roll up and roll down the window, you know what to do, right? Do you use a crank to roll up and roll down the window? No, of course you don't, but that's how it was decades ago and yet we still use that term. Another example, someone asks you to turn something on or turn something off. What are you turning? Well, there was a time when most switches for appliances involved some kind of turning. You know, you might have like, almost think like one of those old faucets, right? Like for your garden hose, right? A lot of things had switches that involved turning something. Of course, today, if you turn something on and off, and there might be different types of switches, But, you know, we don't push things on. We don't push things off. We still turn them on and off because we stopped looking at these things. We talk about being online. Are you going to be online this afternoon? Yeah, I'm going to be online. Great. I'll see you when we're both online. What is this line that we're on? Well, there was a time when to be online, you had to be plugged in to a wire, you know, that looked kind of like a line. If you wanted to connect your computer to a printer, there was this line that connected them, a wire. Obviously, today most things that we're connected to are completely wireless, yet we still use these terms online. So there are some examples we could probably come up with many more. But this is the habituation that we have to certain types of terminology for sure, certain types of iconography. And but you know what, what's the impact of this? Here's another one, by the way. This is, I think, a major one. The world, right? North America's on the top, Australia's on the bottom. But I think we all have a probably pretty good sense of how the solar system works, right? All the planets orbiting around the sun. There is no up, there is no down in the natural universe as it relates to which continents are above or below each other. This is a projection of looking at the globe in one particular way. Who's to say that what we call South America isn't on top? Who's to say that Australia is not on the upper left? These are conventions that after a while we stop thinking about. And we just internalize the idea that some countries are above others when, in fact, it's just a convention. So, okay, so so what? Am I just being a smart aleck here? (laughs) Yeah, okay, fine. We've got some old terminology. Yeah, we get habituated to certain things. But I mean, what's the big deal? Why am I pointing these things out? Two reasons. The first reason is because very often there are small issues and problems of points of pain in your business. Maybe it's just some peeling paint in your store. Or maybe it's some extra hassle you make your customers go through every time they want to do business with you, and you just stop seeing it after a while. You stop thinking about it. You've become habituated to that's how it is, and you're not giving your customer the best possible experience, which becomes particularly problematic when someone else starts to give them a better experience. So just like how I kind of put fresh eyes on myself, so to speak, uh, when guests are coming over and I look around my house and I say, you know, how would someone else see this? Does this look good? Or should I really probably take all those stacked magazines that are on the counter there and you know, throw most of them away and the ones that I want to keep put away somewhere so my house doesn't look so cluttered? This is uh, one of the things that this habituation may be holding you back from remembering to do on a regular basis. But there's an even better reason, which is that in this fast-changing time of digital transformation, the companies that are succeeding the most are those that are disrupting and reinventing. Different types of customer services, different types of products and services. Look at what Uber did Uber took a fairly rudimentary meat and potatoes industry, right? Taxis and, and, and getting, you know, calling a, a, a town car to take you to the airport. This is not the world's sexiest industry. And they figured out how to reinvent it, how to offer a completely different and much better user experience. And then they went one step beyond that and they said, how do we not only reinvent the customer experience, but how do we reinvent? The way that we deliver this type of experience, instead of buying a whole bunch of cars and hiring a whole bunch of drivers, which is historically what taxi and limo companies have done for, from since the beginning, I think, to the idea of creating a platform where people with cars and time and, and interested in making money could register themselves and connect, be connected to people who wanted to ride, right? A completely different way of thinking about it. And I don't think most taxi and limo companies were sitting around considering this idea and rejecting it for rational reasons. It just wasn't on their radar to operate in that way, because they just weren't seeing anymore the way their business was set up. There was a time when taxis and limos didn't exist. And someone came up with that idea and invented a business and invented a business model. And a lot of people followed and a lot of people used that business model. And after a while, they stopped seeing it as a choice. They stopped seeing it as a construct. They started just seeing it as the way you run a taxi and limo business. And listen, sometimes that works fine. To just do what everybody else is doing. But then, especially in a time of transformation like we live in now, someone comes along and does it differently, and they potentially eat your lunch. Amazon has done this consistently. They asked, hey, why can't a bookstore just sell everything? Then they said, hey.
1: Download the first chapter of the Wall Street Journal bestseller, Winning Digital Customers, The Antidote to Irrelevance, today. Visit winningdigitalcustomers.com to get started.
0: Why, why do we have to sell everything ourselves? And in fact, Amazon now makes more money off of the Amazon marketplace listings on Amazons of products that other people are selling than they actually make off the products that they themselves sell and merchandise. Very non-traditional. Most retailers weren't even thinking about doing something along those lines. And then, of course, they said, why can't we create our own devices? And they said, well, we have all these technology capabilities. Why can't we go into that business and make that available to our customers? And now, of course, that's their most profitable business in the form of Amazon Web Service. So continuously asking new questions rather than just sitting back and saying, well, we're a bookstore. This is how bookstores operate. Starbucks said, hey, um, people pay uh, for their Starbucks drinks uh, constantly uh, using various kinds of credit cards. Why don't we create some sort of Starbucks currency? And now, in the United States anyway, Starbucks, Apple Pay is the number one largest, most widely used form of digital currency. And Starbucks is the number two most common form of digital currency most cafes probably aren't sitting around thinking hey you know we could be the second largest form of digital currency in this country and i'm not saying every cafe should go into becoming a digital currency but this is what comes these opportunities are what comes from not just seeing things the way they are but taking that fresh set of eyes to what you're doing and asking yourself how can we make it better bitcoin of course you know is a breakthrough new way for people to conduct financial transactions using a currency which is Totally different from any currency that pre-existed. It's not connected to any country. It's not connected to any form of, of paper or or physical currency. It's not backed by anyone really. So many assumptions that are made about money are destroyed by Bitcoin, by people who said, hey, let's let's see money in a different way. And you know, the truth of the matter is that's happened in other times in our history. The United States dollar used to be backed, we had the gold standard, right? And they said, okay, for every dollar the United States issues, we need a certain amount of gold in the bank to show that this money isn't just based on nothing. People won't believe in this money unless it's backed by some actual asset. And then at a certain point, we went from the gold standard to the silver standard, and we continued to change the ratios of how much gold and silver we really felt we needed to have you know, in Fort Knox and whatnot. And then eventually we abandoned it altogether. And we said, you know what? People will continue to use this money, whether it's backed by anything at all. But that required breaking a previous mindset that believed that no money has to be connected to some kind of a physical asset like gold or silver. Why? Because that's how it had been done before. So, you know, this, of course, is what Steve Jobs was talking about when he told everyone decades ago to think different and did his uh, commercials with Einstein and Picasso and others. And of course, Jobs very much did that himself, whether it was thinking about, uh, creating animated cartoons using uh, you know, 3D animation instead of the traditional drawn cell animation, taking a computer company and turning it into the world's largest music company, and then into the world's largest phone cre- creator of phones, continuously rethinking what the company was all about. Whilst other computer companies, many companies that were contemporaries of Apple 25 years ago, are doing something today much more similar to what they were doing 25 years ago, than certainly than Apple is. Or maybe Apple is still doing some of those things, but other new things have massively eclipsed them. So, this is the power of figuring out how to transcend being that person who doesn't just see the floppy disk icon and, and not think about it, or doesn't just uh, see the, the, you know, the, and be told to turn something on and not think about it, but says, hey, wait a minute, what, why are we doing it that way? That doesn't make sense. There's a better way. There's a way to improve that, whether it's a small thing like cleaning up the cables or, or a major transformation like Uber transforming the ground travel, ground transportation industry. So I want to encourage you, uh, and I may be teeing up uh, you know, a goal without giving you all of the tools in this live cast to do it. Um, how do you stop thinking that way? How do you, as they say, think outside the box, right? How do you put on that fresh set of eyes for your business? Well, alas, I do not have time today to go into details and also written many articles about things like how to get your team to think in new ways and and actually, in my book, Winning Digital Customers, which I would encourage everyone to get a copy of, there are many, many exercises you can do to try to figure out how to trick your brain into getting out of that habitual behavior. Because anytime we have a habit uh, of any sort, you know, we, we have to do a little bit of extra work to figure out how to break that habit, or at least temporarily break it. You may not want to walk around all day, every day, questioning, rethinking, and examining every single aspect of your life. Why do we spread the peanut butter on this way? Why don't we spread the peanut butter on the sandwich another way? <laughs> I mean, you, you need to be able to uh, compartmentalize when it is that you want to apply this thinking of think, thinking differently, right? This thinking of things, seeing things in a new way and not accepting all of the assumptions and, and habituation that have already been kind of calcified in your brain. So in the book, Winning Digital Customers, I go on for chapters and chapters, providing you a significant number of exercises and work for use for workshops and other things to help you think in new and different ways. I encourage you to, To pick that up. If you have any specific questions, of course, feel free to post those in the comments and I will try to do a part two on this. So as always, keep transforming.
1: Thanks for joining us for this episode of Winning Digital Customers, the podcast. Find more great episodes at wdcpodcast.captivate.fm on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Overcast, or wherever you listen and visit winningdigitalcustomers.com to learn more about the Wall Street Journal best-selling book that inspired the podcast.